Okay, today I'm at Cheltenham Racecourse talking to Jockey Club Group Betting Director Dickon White. Thank you very much for uh, agreeing to talk to us. Um, can we start from the beginning? For those that don't know, you can you please tell us to run up to your career so far? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've, I've actually been with the Jockey Club nearly 20 years. This is my 20th year with the Jockey Club. Um, I've been in my current role as Betting Director for nearly six years. Um, before that, I had uh, a number of years as the Managing Director of Haydock Park Racecourse. Uh, but I actually joined the Jockey Club in, in a sort of marketing and public relations role actually at, at Aintree, um, which, which again, I had a number of years there looking after the Grand National, which was, which was pretty exciting. So yeah, I've had a bit of a sort of varied career within the Jockey Club. Prior to that, I worked as a sort of marketing, uh, well, as a, as, a, as a product manager for both Green Flag, uh, which is quite an interesting role because they were the first ever sponsors of the England football team. Uh, and then I actually had two years with Coral, um, working with in the greyhound industry, working at Romford, um, which I, again was a fantastic couple of years. So yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a mix of roles, but um, yeah, been in the in the current role for just over five years. So you're now mainly involved with bookmakers. Um, do you feel that jockey club racecourses value their bookmakers? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think the role that I look, I mean, I look after anything to do with betting across the jockey club. Um, I've sort of got a, a role within, so that that could be anything from uh, looking after the on-course bookmakers, their relationship, um, to you know betting partner sponsorship and commercial commercial relationships with some of the off-course firms, um, and also looking after pool betting. So obviously we've got the the, the the tote at the moment that will shortly be transferring to our new business, Britbet, in July or later this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if we're talking about on-course bookmakers. Let me be clear. From a, a jockey club, you know, we really enjoy working with on-course bookmakers. We think they're a, a value, valuable part of the race day experience, and long may that continue. You know, they're, they're, they, um, you know, if you go racing around the world when there's not on-course bookmakers, you know, it does lack a bit of colour, it lacks a bit of flavour, uh, and certainly when you come racing, you know, the majority of our customers who come racing, you know, they want to bet with an on-course bookmaker. They see that as a valuable part of the day. You've had to make quite a few decisions since you've taken this uh, role. What do you believe the best decision you've done for the ring is? I think, listen, there are some fantastic bookmakers out there who, who want to proactively work with race courses and, and see the bigger picture. They, 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 they understand that things are changing in the world and you know they want to sort of develop themselves for the future. Um, I think in terms of actual what we've done, I always believe that implementing standard each way terms was, was really important for us. I think we had a situation where at certain race courses um, we had bookmakers betting to fractions which, which were just unacceptable. You know we had the 6th and 8th and, and we even had an example of a 12th which was just completely unacceptable. So I think to, to, to introduce standard terms um, across all race courses, the Jockey Club are the first group to do it, now it's across all race courses. I think it's very fair, I think it's fair to bookmakers, but I also think it's very fair to the consumers. Okay, just as you've talked about the uh, standard on-course terms, um, why was it that the anomaly of allowing on-course bookmakers to bet a fifth in uh, handicaps of 16 to 21 runners allowed to happen when it's a quarter everywhere else? Yeah, it's an interesting point. And, and we had some fairly lengthy debates around that 
um, with the bookmaker representatives. Um, however, you know they felt very strongly that you know this was the right decision. They should be betting to that um, to that percentage and, and, and that fraction. Um, and in the end, it was one that we agreed to. So you know, bookmakers can bet the quarter if they want to, if they want to offer that to to, to customers. And there's no issues with that. But we did allow that fifth to remain for the for bookmakers because that's what they requested. I'm um, having worked in the uh, industry returning SPs. I do know that it causes some problems um, on such races. Do you feel that it's still very important for starting prices to continue to be returned for race courses and race course bookmakers? Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I'm, I fully support that. And yeah, I think generally the bookmakers do a fantastic job in terms of delivering that starting price. Uh, and I think it's a fair price for, for, you know, for the off-course industry and you know, we, we would fully support that. So what, what would you consider to be the biggest problem facing on-course bookmakers at the moment? Uh, I think, listen, it, it's not easy what, what on-course bookmakers are doing. It, it's, you know, it's not a license to print money, which some people think it is. It, it's tough out there, you know, and expenses for, for bookmakers are growing each year. Um, you know, travel costs, hotel costs, um, and you know, the, the world is changing. There are certainly more people betting now, both using a mobile device, um, 4G, you know, Wi-Fi, that's all here. So there's less people coming racing betting with cash. However, the people who do come with, with cash and want to bet with bookmakers, I think get a, generally get a very, very good service. Uh, look at switching it around a bit then what's the biggest problem you face dealing with on-course bookmakers <laughs> uh, generally uh, and, I, and I you know the majority of bookmakers are absolutely fantastic to deal with I really enjoy the sort of to and fro that we get you know I've got personal relationships with a number of the bookmakers I think the, the on-course bookmakers need to need to realize that you know race courses are trying to work with them they're not trying to fight them all the time they're not against them all the time we, we want uh, we want to have a, a relationship that works for both sides we are not going to agree with everything that we do that that's life however you know sometimes there has to be give and take the, you know, there'll be times that the bookmakers get more benefits than the race courses and there'll be other times the race courses get more benefits that that is the way we are but I think you know just generally the relationships are good Unfortunately, there'll always be one or two who don't agree with the majority, and, and that's difficult. And um, what I do find is that we get to the situation where we make a decision collectively. This is not just racecourses making it. Collectively, we talk to bookmakers, make a decision, and then a decision that's going to assist some bookmakers has a negative impact on others. So you're never going to please everyone, um, and that, that is difficult. But I think generally we, we, you know, we're in a pretty good place. Um, we've recently set up, you may be aware, we've re recently set up across the Jockey Club what are called bookmaker liaison committees where we sit down, you know, we'll be twice a year with a representation of on-course bookmakers from each of the courses and we sit down and we talk about matters that affect that individual course. Um, and we've had half a dozen of those across our courses and, and I've been really impressed with the, the sort of input that we've had and the debates that we've had with on-course bookmakers um, and I, I hope that will be the start of even, even greater relationships with them. Uh, doing a bit of research, I did speak to a number of racecourse bookmakers and one of the topics that kept coming up was the drinking in betting areas um, 
situation. I mean, back in the day, you couldn't drink anywhere in veterinaries, and now you can in some, not in others. Some bookmakers put it at a disadvantage. Um, do you think there should be a universal rule? In the perfect world, probably yes. Unfortunately, it is very, very difficult. There are, there are certain race courses within the jockey club who do not allow it. Um, and, and that's not just a decision that's made by the race course itself. That is often been influenced by the local authority. Um, and, and it's a particular issue, should we say, at Cheltenham that I know a number of the bookmakers in both the Tassels Ring and also in the Best Mate Enclosure have approached us a number of times about this. Um, and, you know, it, because the consultation that local authority and the racecourse have, in, uh, they've made a decision not to allow it. So it, it's not an easy one. Um, I think rules have been have been changed so certain race courses do allow it now and and that does make sometimes my role difficult when talking to people because as you say certain bookmakers you know you can be betting one day at one race course and the race course allows it the following day the race course doesn't so it, um again I, I think things change on an annual basis and will continue to evolve um however i, I think the cheltenham situation is here for an, for a reason and the local authority are fully supportive of that Okay, another hot potato with um, some bookmakers, but obviously new betting areas are always um, yeah. a talking point. But can you reassure bookmakers that any new on-course areas will be offered to traditional bookmakers and not pool betting facilities that look like on-course bookmakers? Yeah, and just, just to be clear on new betting areas, um, new betting areas are created because there are customers who are in that area and customers ideally want to place a bet. Now, having a range of options for that customer makes sense. So um, if they can bet with an on-course bookmaker, that's, that's perfect. If they can have a pool bet as well, that's probably ideal as well. So it's having the, the different range of products that are probably, um, you know, pr probably want to happen. Uh, I, I couldn't assure bookmakers that it's not going to happen. However, again, through the consultation that we have with these um, bookmaker liaison committee meetings, I'd like to think that you know we can talk about potential areas. Um, and again, if 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 they work for both the racecourse and the bookmakers, then we should be trying to encourage it because we want our customers to have that option of betting with a bookmaker. And um, you know, opening new betting areas gives us that opportunity. Um, another issue would be, I think everybody agrees that it's good for racing to have events to get more people coming racing, hopefully to fall in love with the sport. But the bookmakers' badges um, rise accordingly um, for the concerts, even ones, for example, Little Mix, that wouldn't attract a punting demographic. Do you think yeah. we could sort something out there? Again, I, I think racecourses are becoming aware of this and... I mean, Newmarket is a great example. As we know, Newmarket have a number of music events, both on Friday nights and Saturday afternoons, and they have a different, you know, range of artists that are appearing. So, you know, you'll you'll get an artist that very much attracts a slightly older audience. Um, and I'm thinking about bands that historically people like Madness have played, and they have attracted an audience that do want to bet with the on-course bookmakers. Um, there again, you, you mentioned Little Mix, that's an example, and they, they, they would come to Newmarket. And I know that the team at Newmarket, and Amy Starkey, who's the, the regional director for the East for the Jockey Club, you know, she makes decisions and reduces the multiple. So rather than charging you know, six, seven, eight times the multiple, she reduces that multiple down to a lower number. So that helps bookmakers. So I, I think it's a case of 
looking at each individual artist on its merits. And, and if, if the artist isn't selling particularly well, then I think it's, it's wrong that the race course should be charging you know, a, a premium for, for bookmakers to attend. But I think at the same time, you know, when, when we do have a sellout of an artist, we need to appreciate that that does justify the, the sort of premium pricing. Okay, obviously it's not all about bookmakers, it's about the race goer. So how do you balance up what is good for customer service and disadvantageous for bookmakers, for example, free Wi-Fi, etc.? Uh, yeah, I, it's it's tricky. I mean, you know, things are. <laughs> Wi-Fi is a great example of of how the world is changing, and and many of our customers now who come racing, um, both in the public areas but also in the hospitalities, are demanding good quality Wi-Fi. You know, very, very few people can now just come racing and forget about work and forget about what's happening out in the outside world. So they want to, you know, they want to be able to look at emails, they want to be able to look at social media, they want to be able to access websites. And and it's striking the right balance. So yeah, I mean, you know, we at the Jockey Club invested a great deal of money and time in, in good quality Wi-Fi and we're getting some fantastic sort of responses from our customers about that. So it's just, it's just trying to, again, it's a balancing act of, of trying to ensure that the customers come racing, yes, they can access the outside world with phones, mobiles and, um, you know, iPads, etc. But also ensuring that it doesn't cause too many issues for on-course bookmakers. As you, as you mentioned earlier, one of your other um, interests is the tote on the race course. Um, how important do you feel a strong tote style competitive alternative is for racing? Uh, I think it's very important. I think having a range of options for the consumers is really important. And I think, you know, when we, when we launch BritBet in July on race courses, I think you'll see a, uh, a new customer friendly focus on this. I think you'll see a, a new brand. Uh, you'll see new bets out there. And I don't think these bets necessarily, I, I think the win and, and win and place markets, I don't think you're ne necessarily competing against the on-course bookmakers. I think where, where, it, where there's some fantastic opportunities are on, the, are on the more exotic bets. So, you know, picking three, horses or four horses even or even bigger numbers and and some of those bets like you know the, the the place pots and the jackpots and trying to have you know small stakes for big wins that's what we're trying to achieve and i think that's what you know i'm really excited about what brit bets will be bringing to the race course in july it's interesting you should mention that because uh, i interviewed quite a few professional punters and back in sort of 10 years ago the scoop six was massive yeah. it got interest Every uh, every week, especially when there was a big rollover, somebody you know won it for two pound, and it's effectively been killed off because of the way it's changed. Is it? Are there any plans to try and revive the glory days of the scoop six or a similar bet? I, I would certainly think so. I mean, I, I know talking to the BritBet team, they've got some fantastic ideas, concepts that potentially you know will be launched in in July, and if not July, at a slightly later date. Um, you know, the, the Betfred have run Tote Pool. They've had the Scoop Six. You know, they, they've they've chosen a strategy with that bet. You know, but it's certainly not as as common to see big wins with the Scoop Six as there were a number of years ago, which I think is is disappointing. So I th I think Britbet will certainly, you know, uh, relook at it, and uh, there'll there'll be a, a new product out there, which I'm sure will be will be fantastic for customers. Um, recently, there's been 
criticism of bookmakers and I must say quite often isolated cases but do you accept that bookmakers like any other business and that supply and demand plays a big part in decisions on the margins that they work to yeah absolutely and and i i would fully support the on-course market here because i think the value that you get in the betting ring is as strong as it's ever been uh, you know i hear lots of people saying well it's the same price every bookmaker has got the same price i i don't agree with that at all i think if you look hard enough and you work hard enough you will find different prices and there are certain bookmakers who have a view on certain horses so they're prepared to to lay that at a bigger price than others so i i i, I would strongly refute that claim uh, I, I, but I think they do need to keep monitoring, you know, the betting percentages. You know, I, I think generally we have a. I'm very pleased the way the bookmakers bet across the jockey club. I don't have any issues, um, and if I did, I would speak to them and 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 talk to the individuals concerned to say, look, we just need to be very careful about this. We need to monitor very closely, because you know, it, it's a very fine line between betting to, you know, uh, an aggressive margin. Uh, or a high margin to to sort of abusing the customers. So I think it's it's one that just needs to be monitored very closely. Okay, so this is following on from that really. How do you feel about the Horse Race Betters Forum? I, I think the the, the, the HBF have, have certainly got a role to play. Um, I think, you know, they're, 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 they're doing some very good work behind the scenes. Um, which which is fantastic, I, and I think you know I, I fully support what they're trying to achieve. Um, I, I, but I'd also say they, they just need to be quite careful. Some of some of the I know there was the issue at Foss Lass regarding the the betting percentage at Foss Lass. Um, I thought some of the way some of the language that was being used by the HBF was was wrong. It shouldn't have been being used. I think um, there are, you know, it's certainly if that would have happened across a jockey club course, I'd have liked to have been involved and I'd have, I'd have spoken to the to the bookmakers involved. But yeah, I, I think there is certainly a role for uh, a group to look after punters sort of um, and, and what they're looking to achieve. So I, I, I certainly think there's a role for them to play. Um, but working with the race courses, working with the on-course bookmakers, I think it's important, and, and not just being somebody to bash people over the head. Uh, just going back to the subject of SPs, um, do you feel that race courses would suffer should a non-racecourse based industry SP be introduced? Um, well, I, th I think the first thing to add up is about the SP. It, uh, my own view is that it should be racecourse based, the SP should be coming from the racecourse and long may that continue. So I think it would be disappointing if it went to uh, an off course market, I really do. Um, would racecourses suffer? Uh, I would imagine there would be some 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 down um, downturns for individual racecourses, um, but would it have a massive impact? Probably not. Um, but you know, I think that the key point here is that we think the racecourse is the best place for the SP to to be created and developed, so um, you know that's what we'd be would be supporting. I mean, there's some quite loud voices, if not necessarily influential, on social media, sort of calling for it. Do you feel that these, there was a general industry, you know, uh, feel that they might want to do that eventually, or do you think it's just loud uh, hot air? Uh, again, I I talked to one or two trading directors from the off course firms, and I I, I certainly don't see there's any great appetite for that to be done in the short term but listen the world is changing there's certainly a lot more people betting off course um, you know on mobiles than there was historically um, 
you know, evolution will happen, but as I say, in, in the short term, I believe it should certainly be, the, the, the SP should be created here on course, and you know, um, we, we, we want to fully support that as a race course. Uh, you mentioned things evolving, that's also the same with race courses. Uh, do you feel that race courses have a duty of care to bookmakers who invest a large amount of money in pitches when rearranging their layout and creating additional areas? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think consulting with individual bookmakers is really important here. And, and I'd like to think that we as the Jockey Club do that. Um, you know, if you, if you look at you know, whether we're relocating an area or creating new beds, you know, that would be a consultation process that we make with a representation of bookmakers from that course. Um, and if you look, a great example is, you know, the Lower Tattersalls area here at, at Cheltenham, which, you know, four or five years ago, I think you were struggling to get customers into the ring because of the layout of the Guinness Grandstand and customers couldn't even get in it. I think, you know, the team here at, at Cheltenham have done a fantastic job in, in sort of creating new entrances opening it all up and now customers can get into that ring very very clearly um, and that's that's made a big impact you know if you talk to bookmakers who bet in that area you know they're absolutely thrilled with that um, you know and you can see by you know pitch values when they're sold either privately or through an auction you know th those those pitches have gained in value because now customers can access them at a far easier rate I think everybody would agree that the betting ring is thriving at the big meetings um, but one look at the uh, a midweek sort of middle of the road track, um, you can see that the betting ring is dwindling badly. Yeah. What do you think it needs to do to move forward and grow rather than keep shrinking at those midweek meetings? Yeah, I think it, it's a real challenge. I think midweek racing is a challenge for us as racecourses. You know, we want people to come racing, um, but getting people to come racing on you know Tuesday afternoons, Wednesday afternoon is, is challenging and. You know, racecourses are having to sort of almost reinvent themselves and be very creative in getting people to come racing. Um, and, you know, obviously that has an impact. Less people who come racing has an impact on the on-course bookmakers, and we don't want that. We, we, at the end of the day, we all, we all really want the same thing. Racecourses want more people to come racing, um, and bookmakers want more people to come racing because then they'll bet with them. So it's a win-win situation. I think there's lots of bookmakers who just at their first... Uh, view is that racecourses charge too much to come racing. Well, I, I, I don't think that is the truth. I don't think that's the main reason people don't come racing. I think it's people's leisure time is a lot more restricted than it, you know, than it ever has been, and people are under more pressure, and it's very difficult, you know, to people who come racing three or four times a week. Those those customers don't really exist anymore. It's it's very difficult. Um, we all know that bookmakers can shout rather loudly when they think they've been wronged, but do they do enough to promote themselves and their businesses, do you think, on course? Um, I mean, I walk around, whenever I go racing, I walk around the betting rings and I see examples of some fantastic promoting and marketing of products. I really do. You know, there are some fantastic bookmakers out there who do a, a really amazing job promoting themselves and the on-course market. My, however, I think you do see some bookmakers who, you know, actually, would I want to be placing, doing business with them? Would I want to be placing a bet with them? Probably not. You know, I think it, it the world we live in, the customers now demand so much more. Um, and, 
that's whether they go to a restaurant, whether they go to the cinema, you know, the experience of going, you know, people want to, they're happy to spend money, but they want a good experience. And if they get poor customer service, then they're not going to re return. And I, and I think the, the, the on-course market, the on-course bookmakers have got that responsibility. So, you know, it, you, you have to sell yourself, you have to promote yourself. And if you do that, I think you'll do good business. Okay, well you, in your position, you make decisions regularly that have a positive and negative effect on other people's businesses. Yeah. How do you take this responsibility and how do you cope with the pressure of it? Um, I, listen, I love my role that I've got within the jockey club. And you're right, I, you know, there are occasionally decisions that are made which not, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get 100% support for. But, you know, that's life. And, and, you know, we're paid to make decisions. You know, I'm not making decisions for the sole reason to annoy uh, or have a negative impact on specific bookmakers. I'm making a decision which is hopefully going to be better for everyone uh, in the long term. Yeah, there may be some short-term pain, but everything we're trying to do is is just trying to you know, benefit everybody who comes racing, and hopefully that will assist bookmakers in the long term also. So you pretty much answered my next question, which is, would you apply to do such a combative job again? Yeah, absolutely. Is, I don't find it. I mean, listen, we there have been examples over the years where we've had some issues but I think 99% of bookmakers are absolutely fantastic to work with they really are you know and there's a real camaraderie between themselves and there's a camaraderie between us and them I'm not saying that everyone here thinks that what we're doing and what I'm doing personally is positive but I think there's a lot of very very sensible business people out there um, who are looking at the future they're investing in you know pitches for the long term and you know, it's it's a fantastic way of living for for, for many people. Um, so yeah, I, I want to I want us to continue to work with them and, and grow and and you know I want race courses to thrive, but I want betting rings to thrive also. If there was one thing that you would like to see bookmakers do universally to up their game, what would it be? Uh, oh well, wow. Um, I think just generally look at the customer service. I think. You know, improving the customer service. Yeah, again, I've mentioned it already, but you see certain bookmakers who are really making an effort, and I think collectively, I think the bookmakers need to raise their game um, to to offer even better customer service. And I'm not talking about the prices they're offering. I'm just talking about the way that we deal with the the, the consumer. It's so important. Um, and you know, as I say, I I see some fantastic bookmakers out there, but there, there are one or two who probably could try harder. And uh, finally, semi-finally, do you fancy having a go at it yourself? I, I'm interested. I, I had a, um, I went out with um, Martin Verrill when I first came into this role, which which was fantastic actually. I really enjoyed it. I had a day at Newbury with him and his brother. And uh, listen, I, it, it's hard work. It's it's it was great fun, um, and yeah, I think the people some some. Race goers think it's just a license to print money. It's not at all. It's hard work, and you need to work at it. Whether I want to do it as a full-time role, I'm not quite sure. But I'm sure there'd be some exciting moments in the, in the time you were involved. So, um, yeah, watch this space. And uh, as a final, would you bet with a bookmaker that wore, wore a Megadeth T-shirt? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a funny one. I, I, I talk about customer service. I think it's really important that the way that we all present ourselves is very important. And talking to, you know, the tote pool now, talking to our catering, 
company. You know, how you present yourself is really important. But again, I, I have seen examples of, of our, you know, in our betting rings, particularly in the summer months of, you know, bookmakers just not really making much of an attempt, you know, um, wearing, you know, scruffy shorts and, as you say, Megadeth t-shirts is not something I'd be wanting to necessarily be doing. Um, and, you know, I say the, the, the customer is becoming even more demanding than it's ever been. So whether I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be pushing for there to be a, um, a sort of dress code within betting rings. However, I think collectively the, the bookmakers should be making an effort to make to, to make themselves more presentable. The majority do. The majority look fantastic. But there's always one or two let you down. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Star Sports are the proud sponsors of the English Greyhound Derby, all part of our commitment to the sport from the home of Greyhound Racing Betting. BeGambleAware.org, over 18 only.